Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. This is one of three passages we're going to be looking at this morning. Matthew chapter 7, and we're going to be looking at verses 24 through 27. Preaching a message this morning on the importance and keys to having a, a stable and prosperous Christian life. When I say a prosperous Christian life, I'm not talking about finances necessarily. I'm talking about spiritually being prosperous and having a stable life. Uh, we are living in a day when, when, you know, in the book of Ephesians, it talks about being tossed about by every wind of doctrine. Uh, we got folks that are tossed about by ideas uh, day by day by day. They believe one thing one day and, and something totally different the next. You just you see a lot of instability out there. And one of the things that, that we need to have is stability. Obviously, first, because it pleases God and because it's beneficial to us. But can I tell you something? A stable Christian... A stable Christian is attractive to those that are outside lost in this world because they have no stability. They, you know, we were talking this morning, we we're studying about uh, hope. And the uh, uh, book of Hebrews says that we have a, a hope that is like an anchor. And it's, it's steadfast and it's sure. It's steadfast and sure. Well, if, if you lash onto that hope and it begins to affect your life, you will be as well steadfast and sure. And, and uh, there's not a whole lot of steadfastness going on out there. There's a, there's a lot of being tossed to and fro. And, and boy, one thing that is absolutely necessary is for stability uh, in the Christian life and in our families. Stand with me if you would. You should be at Matthew chapter 7 by now. And if your neighbor does not have a Bible, please allow them to look on with you as we read verses 24 down through verse 27. Matthew chapter 7, verse, verse 24 says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine... And doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the, the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house. And it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, thank you this morning for the opportunity to gather together freely at church. Uh, sometimes, Lord, we take that for granted, but there are people in, on this earth, on this planet this morning, that don't have the same freedom that we have to be able to uh, worship you uh, like we do this morning, and we, we want to thank you for it. I thank you for each one that's here. I thank you for each one that obviously thinks it's important to be in church on a Sunday morning. I pray, Father, that you would speak to us this morning by your Spirit, through your Word. We ask, Father, that, that you would 
uh, show us some things in Scripture that will help us, that will encourage us. And Lord, where, where it's necessary and we need a rebuke, give us that. But Father, may we respond to your word. As you speak to us this morning, may we say yes to you, for it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. This is, Jesus is speaking here, and he's talking about two, two different kinds of men. There's a wise man and a foolish man. And I want you to, to, to see the similarities between the two. The similarities are thus. First of all, they both build homes. They both build houses. Uh, they, they both uh, built them on a foundation. One was built on a foundation of rock. Another one was built on a foundation of sand. And both of them had floods come. Both of them had storms. The truth of the matter is, no matter who you are, you're going to have storms in life. When the Ingalls came here earlier this week, uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure that Brother Larry had absolutely no idea that he was going to be in the hospital this morning, but he, but he is. Well, why? Well, obviously, there's gross sin in his life. That's the reason. No, I'm <laughs> teasing. I don't think that at all. Uh, it's because that's what life has. It has storms. And, and I, I don't care who you are, uh, you're going to hit the storms of life. Uh, and and uh, uh, these two men that are they're likened unto two men that, that uh, built two houses, uh, both of them heard the same things. But one responded to what they heard, and the other one did not respond to what they heard. And, and uh, because one responded, God says, your house is built on a rock. And because you did not respond properly, and you did nothing really with what you were told, your house is built upon sand. And, and again, both of them got the storms. Storms are absolutely inevitable. Trouble is inevitable. The Bible says that uh, we're born to trouble as the sparks fly upward. It's just part of life. But the, the question is, how are you going to respond and how are you going to make it through that trouble? Are you going to be steadfast? Are you going to be sure? Or are you going to crumble during that time, uh, the person who, who obeyed, who listened to what, what the Lord told him, that person made some changes. If, if, you, if you listen to, if you obey God, then what that means is God tells you something that you aren't doing, that you need to be doing, or he shows you something that uh, you are doing that you need to stop. And regardless, it means change. It means we can't stay on the status quo anymore. We've got, to, we've got to respond to what we've heard. And he made those changes based upon what he heard. What about the man who built his house upon the sand? He did nothing. He did nothing. He heard the truth. He listened to the truth, but he just did nothing with it. By the way, just to, just to inform you and to help you understand why we do some of the things we do. This morning after the, after the, the, the message, we're going to have an invitation. And the invitation is so that if God is speaking to your heart about something, showed you something that you're, maybe you're, you're, you're doing that you shouldn't be doing or that you're not doing that you should be doing, 
or something else needs to change or a, 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 a God convicts you of some sin in your life, uh, this altar isn't just to come and just confess sin. It, you need to take it the next step, and that is to make changes positively. Not just, not just knee-jerk react every time you hear a rebuke from Scripture, but do something on a positive note in order to change the way that you're doing things so that you have stability in your life, so that when the rains come and the floods descend and the wind starts to blow, you're not going to be tossed to and fro. You're going to be steadfast. You're going to be sure because your life is based upon the right foundation. One of the, one of the keys to, to stability is, is coming to the Word of God, coming to the Word of God with a pliable heart and saying, Lord, you show me something that I need to add to my life. You show me something I need to take away from my life. You show me uh, 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 something that I'm, I'm thinking the wrong way and I need to think another way. Uh, I'm doing something that I need to be doing differently, maybe. Uh, I am open to whatever you would speak to my heart about. That needs to be the kind of heart that we have. We just we heard many songs this morning, several songs, about the Word of God and the importance of the Word of God. Can I tell you something? This book won't do you any good if you don't respond to it once you hear it. You can't just hear it. And the fact that you're here, praise the Lord, that's good. But hearing is not enough. Take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of James chapter 1. I told you we're going to look at three passages of Scripture. It just changed to four. <laughs> James chapter 1. James chapter 1, and this goes hand in hand with what we just read in Matthew chapter 7. James chapter 1, look with me in verse, verse, uh, verse 19. It says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear. And in the context, as you go down through here, he's talking about the word of God. He's saying, listen, listen to the word and then respond to it. Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. And that principle is true at any time, any place, anywhere. The wrath of man never works the righteousness of God. And then in verse 21, he says, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. When he says receive with meekness the engrafted word, engrafted means that the word of God becomes a part of you. If uh, I remember learning in school when I was a kid about, about grafting branches from one tree to another tree. And when you do that and you, know, you, you cut the branch in a certain way and you cut the receiving uh, branch in a certain way and you insert one in the other and you wind it up and, and, and uh, it, it begins to grow together, it becomes that, that branch from another tree becomes a part of that tree. Well, that's what God wants the Word of God to do in our lives. He wants it to become a part of us. But in order for that to happen, first there has to be some cleansing. There has to be some things that we 
get rid of. You, don't, you, you can't engraft the word in, into a dirty vessel. It needs, to be, it needs to be cleaned up. We need to repent of those things that are hurting the word of God in our lives. And then in verse 22, he says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. I, I really believe that there are many Christians alive today that think they're killing a bear when in reality they really aren't because they hear the word of God, but they do nothing with it. It's not enough just to be faithful to church, though I think that's definitely where it starts. We're going to talk about, we're going to talk about the necessity of fellowship and church attendance tonight in our study on principles, principled living. But it is, it is important to be here. But once you're here, or once it's important to have devotions, but once you open up your Bible, what are you doing with what you read? Are you allowing it to have an effect on you? And look down in verse, in verse 23. If not, you're deceived. Verse 23, it says, For if any be a hearer of the word, not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a, a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Uh, there was an uh, evangelist that we, we have had in here at the church, and I've, I've, I knew him for years. He's now home with the Lord. His name is Reuben Ewert. And whenever he explained that passage of Scripture, Reuben, Brother Reuben was bald in the middle and, and had, uh, had thick hair along the side. And he said, uh, what if I woke up in the morning? And I'll never forget him saying this. What if I woke up in the morning and I looked in the mirror and he takes his hands like this and goes up on the sides of his head. And honestly, honestly, he looks like Bozo the Clown. And he says, I come to the mirror. And he said that. He says, I come to the mirror and I say, hi, Bozo, how are you this morning? Uh, and he says, and, and, and I look at it and I see it and I say, oh, man, what a mess. And then I just walk away and do nothing with it. What good has that, that encounter with the mirror done to me? Absolutely none. None at all because I did not respond to it. I did not do anything because of it. And he said, that's, that's exactly the kind of, we need to have a different attitude when we come to the, the word of God. We need to say, listen, you show me something, God, and I will take care of that, which you show me. Um, in Matthew chapter seven, what, what God's saying is that we need to not just listen to what God says, but we need to respond to what God says. And when we do, it makes a difference in our lives. And one of the things that it gives us is stability because it says the, the, the rains descended, the floods came, but the house on the rock stood firm. Now, I know what the song says. Sunday school song says, build your house on the Lord Jesus Christ. And I realize he is the rock. But that isn't what it's talking about in context in that passage. He's talking about taking the things that you heard from him, from, from the Lord Jesus, and applying them to your life. If you apply it, 
the application of truth in your life personally. And you know, you're not gonna apply it the exact same way somebody else is gonna apply it because your life is different. But you just taking that, that book and making it personal in your life and making changes in your life because of what thus saith the Lord, that gives you some stability. Now, will it prevent you from going through storms? Eh, it might prevent uh, a storm that you would have gone through had you not paid attention to something, but storms are still gonna come. You're gonna have the storms of life. It's not a promise that everything will go peachy keen hunky-dory in your life. What it is, it's a promise that when the storms hit, you won't be moved. You'll be stable because you've responded properly to the word of God. Go, go with me to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. And in 1 John 5, Look in verses 2 and 3. 1 John 5, 2 says, By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God. I, if I were to ask any of you this morning that are saved, do you love the Lord? I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm quite confident that I would get a yes answer from you. But here's how we can really tell whether or not we really, really do love the Lord. Verse, verse 3, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not grievous. In other words, when we come to God with the right heart and we come to God with a heart that, that has a desire to keep his commandments, then whatever he asks us to do is not grievous. Why? Because we love him. And the, the whole reason why we ought to be willing to make those changes and willing to do things differently in our life and willing to allow the word of God to have an impact on our lives is because we love him. And if, if, if you love him, you'll, you'll keep his commandments. Take your, take your Bibles and uh, turn with me, secondly, to uh, the book of Psalms, Psalm 1. Psalm 1. Psalm 1, look at verses 1, 2, and 3. It says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Now again, this is a stable tree. I remember when we were living in Green Bay, Wisconsin, we found a place uh, where uh, just, just north of Green Bay off the highway where there was a river that uh, ran through, a river or a creek. If it was a creek, it was a big creek. Uh, and it had a great big old tree 
that, that uh, grew out from the bank and it, it uh, leaned out over the, over the body of water. And uh, someone had attached a great big old rope to the, to the limb of that tree. And uh, that thing was just as stable and as sturdy as you could get. And you talk about fun. You know, you grab a hold of that, you bring that rope in, you grab a hold of that rope, you stand up on the ledge, you, you uh, jump off, you swing down, and then you, you plunge into the... And now, I'll, I'll be honest with you, the water was kind of nasty, <laughs> you know? And, but you know what, on a hot day, you don't even care. It, you just enjoy it. You know, that tree, I don't care whether it was a person that was 90 pounds, 150 pounds, or 350 pounds, uh, that tree never budged a, a, a lick. Not a lick. You know why? It was stable. You know why it was stable? Because of where it was planted. It had that water as a source. And it, 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 was, it was strong, it was stable, and it was steadfast. Well, that's what God says this man is like in verses 1 through 3. Now, he starts out by saying, blessed is a man. How many of you like to get blessings? Let me see your hands. How many of you like to? I do too. I think everybody's hand is up. Uh, we, we just, we like to be blessed. I, I was this way as a kid. I'm still kind of this way as an adult. Um, I don't like to miss out on things. If something's going on, if, if uh, you know, something good is happening, I like to, I like to be a part of it. Uh, if, if, uh, you know, if there's some blessings being, being uh, handed out, I like to, be, I like to get in line and, and get those blessings. Throughout the, the Word of God, it talks about people that are blessed. And in this particular scripture, it says that a person is blessed, and he starts out kind of unusual. Because rather than saying he's blessed because he does, he basically says he's blessed because he doesn't. There's some things he avoids. And notice the first verse. It says, Blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Um, he gives some, some things that a, a blessed man does and doesn't do. And first he starts with the things that he doesn't do. He says he, he doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Be careful where you get your counsel. Can I tell you one of the best places you can get counsel on the face of this earth, particularly in Auburn, New York? Right here, among God's people. And I don't mean just me. I don't mean just me. I'm talking about the people of God. We got folks that have been through all kinds of circumstances and situations in their lives. And if you're going through that, you need to get counsel. You need to get get comfort, you need to get encouragement, and what better place to get it than someone that God has already taken down that path and has given them victory on the other side and shown them some things and taught them some things. The Bible says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. There's plenty of folks out there, lost folks, that want to tell you what to do. Don't get your counsel from ungodly people. Then the second thing is, is, nor standeth in the way of sinners. And again, uh, I have watched over the years, I've watched Christians who make some of their best friends lost people. That's not wise. They make some of their best friends 
people that are Christians that are living in sin. That's not wise either. That's not wise. Who do you make your best friend? Somebody who's living for God, who loves the Lord. Where are you going to find folks like that? Well, one good place to start is right here. There's a bunch of folks around here that want to love God and want to serve him and want to walk with him. Um, you know, honestly, some of the best friends I have on this earth are right here in this church. And it's not because I'm the pastor of this church. It's because I'm a part of this church. I'm a member. Yeah, I'm pastor, but I'm also a member. I was a member before I could be the, become the pastor. Uh, the, the whole idea is uh, don't, don't stand in the way of sinners. Because you know why? Because that stuff, you know, it's, it's, like, it's like they say you lay down with dogs and you get up with fleas, okay? Uh, you, you stand with sinners and you walk away sinning because you're not encouraged to do something that's right. And then the last thing is, is a blessed is the man that sitteth not in the seat of the scornful. It says, it says listen, don't, don't be around scorners. Don't be around. You know what a scorner is? One of the things a scorner is is a complainer. He doesn't see the good things coming down the pipe. He sees all the bad things coming down the pipe. And, uh, and they're constantly complaining, they're constantly criticizing, and they're constantly finding what's wrong rather than finding what's right with things. Uh, avoid people like that. Don't sit. And by the way, you know what most of them do? They just sit. <laughs> I, I, you know, I've, I've been around church building programs. I've been around church projects. I've been around... Uh, uh, you know, vacation Bible schools and all, all kinds of different things in churches. And sometimes, and, and it just, it galls me to no end, but sometimes the people that are the most critical are the people that are not doing a thing in that project. Well, they know how to do it right, but they're not going to lift a finger. Well, don't spend time with, with uh, people that are scorners. Spend time with people that uh, love God and, and lift up your spirits. What does this guy do? Well, there's two things in particular. It says, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Uh, his attitude and use, his attitude toward and his use of the scripture is what the key is. He loves the word of God. He thinks on the word of God. And again, like we saw over in James chapter 1, the word of God becomes a part of what you're doing. You're walking down this way, and the word of God says, that's the wrong way to go. You see it in the book, and you turn around, and you go the other direction. You respond to what it says. It's not enough just to hear God's word, you've got to respond to God's word. Take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. Joshua 1. It's got it. In your King James Bible, it's interesting to note there's only one time the word success is used in your King James Bible. And it's, it's used in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. This is the only time it's used. And it says this. 
It says, this book of the law, this book of the law, shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate. That means you think about it. That means it becomes a part of you. Meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Now understand, when this was, when this was stated, this is Joshua getting ready to go to battle. This is Joshua getting ready to take the promised land. Uh, this is Joshua getting ready to lead Israel to claim the land that God said was theirs for the taking. And he said, listen, everywhere your foot goes, that, that's, that's going to be your land. So go, take it. Well, before, before they went, he told them this, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Why? So you can get a lot of knowledge? No. So you can observe to do. And you know what? Every time I've observed to do, you know what I found? Something has to change with me. Because my life in this book often don't match. They just don't match. You know, I'm a, I'm a I, I, you say, are, are, you, are, are you absolutely positive, Pastor, that if you were to die today, you go to heaven? Yes, I am. I am because I've trusted Jesus Christ as Savior. I realized I was a sinner on my way to hell. And the only way I could go to heaven was, was turn my back on sin and turn to Jesus Christ and trust him and him alone as my personal Savior, not, not trusting any works of righteousness that I have done, but just his mercy to save me, cried out to God, asked him to save me, and he did. So you know what I am? I, I, I am saved by grace, but I'm a sinner saved by grace. I'm still a sinner, still a sinner. So that means every time I come to this book, there's going to be something in there that, needs to, that obviously needs to change in my life because this book and my life don't match all the time. And when they don't match, what do you do? Do you just look at the mirror and say, well, that's interesting, and then walk away? Or do you make changes? Do you make changes? Are you willing to change for God? And he says, he says that, that at the end of the, the passage, it says, for then thou shalt make thy way prosper, prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. How do we have good success? When we meditate on the word of God, we think on it, we expose ourselves to it, but then we observe to do. You've got to do something with it. And the man over in, in uh, Psalm 1 did something with the word of God when he heard it. And what are the effects? Well, he said, it said that he would be like a, like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And again, a tree planted by the rivers of water, it, because of the constant uh, water and nutrients it gets from the, from the, from the river, or body of water that's planted next to, um, it becomes extremely strong and it becomes extremely stable. Uh, there's stability. Uh, it's, it, it bears fruit. It's fruitful. Uh, and the Bible talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, you'll see love, you'll see joy, you'll see peace, 
You'll see long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Are those things in your life? That's fruit. That's fruit that we bear. It says his leaf won't wither. You know what I believe that is? You look at a, you look at a tree whose leaf won't wither. Man, it's a pretty tree. It's green. It's got all kinds of leaves on it. Uh, you know, I, I was talking with one of, one of uh, I think it was one of our ladies this morning, and uh, she made the comment. She says, boy, wasn't it pretty what God, what God did uh, yesterday and how the snow came down and, and he painted all the trees, you know. Beautiful. I love it. But you know what I really, really like? I like springtime because the leaves start popping out. And all of a sudden, that which was bare and brown and gray all winter long turns green. And man, that, that leafy green, wow, that's pretty. What kind of countenance do you have? When people see you, they see, do they see a happy person? They see a peaceful person? They see a joyful person? Or do they see a grump? <laughs> you know? Do they, see, do they see somebody who's uh, constantly got something to complain about? They see someone that's always worrying and always fretting. Or do they see someone with a good and cheerful and bright countenance? I, I was, uh, was in, a, in a business the other day, and uh, everybody that I, that I approached at that business, and I don't know anything about the people on the other side of the counter, I, I'd never been there before. It was a Dunkin' Donuts, I think. And um, the person that waited on me was kind of a sourpuss. And then the person that brought my coffee was kind of a sourpuss. And then I went to, to, to take the, the coffee and that they gave me in a cup and pour it into, into mine. And it was right to the top. And this, this young lady came over, great big smile on her face, just, just you know, really happy, you could tell. And she says, hey, she says, let me do that for you. I says, why, have you done this before? And I smiled and she says, oh yeah, I've done it a few times. And so she took it, she poured it. And uh, boy, I just noticed she just stuck out in that whole establishment because she was the only one with a smile on her face. You know what, when the word of God starts doing a work on your heart, it shows. You can't hide it. You can't hide it. It shows. And you know what? When it's not doing a work on you and me, it shows too. It's pretty obvious. And, and the Bible says that, that uh, his, his leaf won't wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. In other, words, in other words, life becomes good, one that is glorifying God, because this person has a stable life that's based upon the word of God. One more passage of scripture I want to show you and I'm done. Go to Jeremiah 17. And this is very similar. Jeremiah 17, very similar to what we just read in Psalm 1. Jeremiah 17 talks about two different kinds of people. Jeremiah 17, look down with me if you would in verses 5 through 8. It says, Thus saith the Lord, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in men, in man, 
and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. For he shall be like the heath in the desert, and shall not see when good cometh, but shall inhabit the, the uh, parched places in the wilderness, in a, salt, in a salt land, and not inhabited. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, and that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see when heat cometh, but her leaf shall be green, and shall and shall not be uh, and shall not be careful in the year of, of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. He talks about two two kinds of people. The first one is likened unto a, a heath bush or a, a scrub bush. And it says that th this person is cursed. Be why? Well, first of all, they trust in people. They trust in man. They listen to man. They don't listen to God. Secondly, uh, their, their, their source is their own flesh, their own strength, their own abilities. And then thirdly, uh, his heart departed from God. And by the way, you know, you can, you can be here in church this morning, and I'm not, I'm not picking on anybody in particular. It doesn't look like anybody would fit this this morning. But you can be here in, in church this morning with a smile on your face, and your heart is just as far away from God as it could possibly be. And that's this man. He trusts in man. His flesh is his, is his source of strength. And his heart his heart has departed from God. Uh, to him, life is a desert. It's just dry. Uh, he doesn't see, the Bible says he didn't, doesn't see good when it comes. Good comes, but he doesn't see it. He doesn't recognize it. Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't know good from evil. Pessimistic. He's critical, bitter. Uh, the places, places are uninhabited. That just simply means he's lonely. He feels like he's all by himself. That's, a, that's, that's the, the heath bush person. But then there's a tree. And this tree is like a man who's blessed. He's, he trusts in God. He hopes in God. Uh, he, he doesn't see when heat cometh. Now again, does heat come? Yes. But he's planted by the river. And because he's planted by the river, he's hooked into the source. And he can make it through the heat and make it through the difficulty, and make it through the tough times. He, he uh, uh, can't, can't see when, when the heat cometh, and sees everything as a benefit from God. Has a totally different outlook on life. What's the difference? One is not obeying God in their life, and, and, and not doing something with the word of God that they know, and the other one is responding to what they, what they get um, from the word of God. Uh, the characteristics uh, of a person who is blessed like that, they're obedient. They delight and meditate in God. They depend upon God. Is that you as a Christian? Maybe, now, maybe you're here this morning and, and you're not even, you know, you would say, you know, if I were to ask you, you know, are you a Christian? You might say, well, yeah, I'm a Christian. But let me ask you this. I'm absolutely positive that if you died today, you go to heaven. That's where the whole thing starts. It doesn't start anywhere else. It starts right there. Having that absolute assurance 
that your sins are forgiven, and that one day you'll go to heaven to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. Yesterday I was in a service of a uh, pastor friend of mine who uh, pastored uh, not very far from him, but an hour away. And um, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind because I've heard his testimony that this morning he's in heaven with Jesus Christ. He had that assurance for many, many years that if he were to die, he'd go to heaven. Do you, do you have that assurance? Are you absolutely positive? Uh, back many years ago, back in 1969, uh, I heard the gospel for the first time. I heard that I was a sinner. I heard that I was heading for hell. And I heard that the only way I could go to heaven is by believing on what Jesus did for me. Had nothing to do with any works that I could do, but had everything to do with what he had done for me. I trusted him that night as my Savior. Asked him to save me. Asked him to forgive me of all my sin. From 1969 to 2023, I have been absolutely positive, not because of me, but because of Christ, that if I were to die, that I go to heaven. Uh, because he has forgiven me all my sins and given me eternal life. That's where the whole thing starts. And then once you, once you trust Christ as Savior, then as a Christian, you need to obey the word of God when you hear it, not just listen to it, but do something with it. Uh, delight and meditate on God. Depend upon God. Take your Bibles and turn with me. Actually, you're already there. Jeremiah 17. And this is the reason why it's so important. Look down in verses 9 and 10. Verse 9, we ended in verse 8, but verse 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. You know whose heart that's talking about? It's talking about yours. It's talking about mine. It's talking about the person next to you. It's talking about the person in front of you. It's talking about the person in back of you. But more importantly, it's talking about you. It's talking about me. It says, my heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Then you go to the next verse and it says, I, the Lord, search the heart and try the reins even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doing. God looks down from heaven and he looks at you and he either sees a person who's building his house upon a rock or you're building your house upon the sand. And the, the difference is what do you do with the word of God? When it's presented to you, when you know what it says, what do you do with it? Is there anything in your life right now that shouldn't be there, that's there, and God has made it clear to you and you still haven't done anything about it? Is there anything in your life that, that ought to be there that's not there yet? And God's made that clear to you. You see, if we know it, then we need to act on it. And if we act on it, we build our house upon a rock. Why is that so important? Because the storms are coming. Absolute 100% money back guarantee. <laughs> the storms are coming. Are you the person who, who uh, delights in the word of God 
And because you delight in the word of God and because you respond to the word of God, you do something about it, you're like a tree planted by the waters. Or are you like the scrub brush who even when the good comes, you can't see it. The Bible says the Lord trieth the hearts. The Lord checks the reins. What does God see in your heart and mind? Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Father, we pray that you would speak to our hearts this morning. If there be any wicked way in us, reveal it to us. You've probably done it already. If there be anything lacking in our lives that needs to be there, maybe something good, You've probably already showed that to us too. May today be the day that we decide to do something about it. Father, it is so important that we as Christians build our, our lives, build our houses upon the, the rock of obedience, the rock of the word of God. Yes, the Lord Jesus Christ is the rock of our salvation. But the rock and foundation of our lives needs to be obedience to you and to your word. And Lord, if there's ever a day when we so desperately need stability in our lives, it's today. God, speak to hearts. You know what's going on in each and every one of our hearts. And, and Lord, we just pray that you would minister to folks this morning. And as you speak to our hearts, may we respond to you. Bless this invitation. And may you have your will and your way in our lives. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.